Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, For those who are new with us today, uh, who have not been here before, or at least not been here in the last couple Sundays, uh, this may seem a little fresh to you, at least from what I've been preaching the last couple weeks. The people who have been here the last couple weeks, you may think I'm just being a broken record at this point, but... Um, We are in the epistles uh, for these last few Sundays, working through the book of Romans a little bit. We've gone through Romans chapter 6, and now we're in Romans chapter 8. And this is something that is worth considering in our day and age, that we need all of the encouragement we can get. We have a lot of things out in the world fighting against us. We have a lot of false prophets preaching a false gospel. And it's very tricky to find out which one is false and which one is true most of the time. We have a lot of people who are Christians in name, but then by what they say and what they do, it proves out to be something very different. And so we need all the encouragement we can get. We need the encouragement to remind ourselves. The word reminds us that we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are are sons of God. For you, did not, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Um, When we hear that passage, we think, oh, that sounds all so good. Maybe except until you get to the part where it says that we must suffer. Who wants to suffer? Who wants to suffer in this world? Our sinful flesh certainly does not want to suffer. And so... St. Paul here in um, Romans 8 is saying a lot of the same things he says in Galatians 5, where he's saying that there is this war between the flesh and the spirit, that we in this life are simultaneously justified through Christ, those who are Christians are simultaneously justified through Christ, and yet the sinful flesh still clings very closely to us to the point where it's hard to know where one begins and the other stops. So we have to discern with the Spirit, and we have to say to ourselves on some level that we have been brought out of the old life of sin, and we live a new life in God's Spirit. The old life of sin is the life of the flesh, 
and that flesh wants to stay in service and bondage to sin so that we would be dragged down deeper and deeper into despair or pride, but ultimately into death. And that is not what God wants for us. He does not want us to stay in the old life of the flesh, to live according to the flesh Again, leads only to death, but our Lord wants us to live. And that new life has been brought to all who have been baptized in his holy name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That name has been placed on you to show that you are now sons of God. And whenever I say that, I know some ladies might say, but aren't I a daughter? No, you're a son. Don't worry, us guys have to... Con- contend with the fact that we're a part of the bride of Christ. So that's just one of those things we have to deal with, right? We are all sons of God. The one who is given the inheritance is the son. And so we are co-heirs with Christ, the son of God, who gives us all that he has. The other side of that is that he gives us all that he not only has now, but also he gives us what he had when he was in the flesh on this earth. In this life, he suffered. In this life, he faced many trials and persecutions, slanders, and all kinds of falsehoods spoken against him. Not only that, but if you think about it, Jesus Christ being truly God and truly man He discerned the thoughts and the hearts of all people, and he saw just how deeply certain people hated him because he was God. He suffered tremendously, and he tells us uh, in several parts of the Gospels where he says that a servant is not above his master, that as they persecuted me, so they will persecute you, so they will come after you, they will deliver you up before uh, before, um, before judges and different authorities, and you will have to give an account. And, it, and he says, whoever uh, confesses me before men, so I will confess him before my father. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny him before my father who is in heaven. So this is to keep us on what is the true path. How do we live now that we are Christians, now that we are baptized, now that we have had the Spirit given to us freely in the water of baptism with the washing of God's Word and the placing of His holy name on us to say, now you are my child. You no longer belong to Satan, you belong to me. How are we to live? We are to live as St. Paul gives us that encouragement to say we are debtors not to our flesh because it still does cling to us. We do not pay our debts to the old life of sin because that way leads to death. We, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body and thus we live by the power of the Spirit. I said last week we have to get things straight first before we can talk about sanctification, right? A lot of churches get sanctification and justification switched around. 
Sanctification means that you are made holy. You are made set apart by God for a purpose. But you can only be set apart by God for a purpose once you have been justified, once you have been made righteous by the blood of Christ. You cannot do anything holy apart from him. So you have to get that straight first. That because of what Jesus Christ has done for us in dying for our sins, in washing us clean of that sin and giving us a good conscience in God's sight through holy baptism, now we are sons of God and we have the privilege of seeing God as our good father. And we fear, love, and trust in him above all things by the power of the spirit that he has granted to us. And the Spirit helps us in this world full of degradation and depravity and all kinds of horrible things. And, um, you know, so much so that people are saying to themselves, why would I even want to bring children into the world like this? But so we go forward knowing that we obey God in faith because of what Christ has done for us. We trust in Him because of what he has already done, because because he has washed us clean, because he has said to us, just as surely as Christ has risen from the dead, so surely you will rise on the last day and and be welcomed body and soul into my kingdom. He has done all these things and therefore he is trustworthy. So the spirit himself bears 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 witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And he is the one who is always pointing us back to Jesus, pointing us back to Christ, pointing us back to our baptism and what he does in this, pointing us back to the body and blood of Christ given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins, pointing us always toward the goal of the glory that is not won by you or by anybody else, that is fallen and sinful, but the glory that is Christ's, that he grants to you freely when you trust in him, freely by the power of the Holy Spirit that turns your heart to say, yes, Lord, I believe. And sometimes we say, I believe, help my unbelief. We cry out to him as our father. And we ask him to grant us that spirit so that we can suffer with Christ and be welcomed into his kingdom after many trials and tribulations. Some of those trials and tribulations, as I spoke of before, and as our gospel and the Old Testament texts spoke of, is that we have a lot of false prophets out in the world who proclaim that they are speaking for God, but they are lying, and in the end, tell you falsehoods on behalf of of God, such as do whatever you want and God will bless you, such as love whoever you want to love and God will bless you, and things such as you can... You can go and get drunk. You can go and watch pornography. You can go and watch that TV show that 
well, you might be a little embarrassed if your pastor was there watching it with you, but hey, you know what? That's okay. God forgives you. Don't, don't worry about it. Just live a life of grace. Sometimes the gospel calls us, the Spirit calls us through the gospel to know that we are new creatures, and now as new creatures, we actually have to examine our lives and say, what is it that I'm doing that is pleasing to God? Is there something that is not pleasing to God? And by God's help, will he help me to get rid of that, to shift my focus back to him? And he will. He will. For different people, it's different things. If I was to go into all the different things that people had to get rid of or needed to address, I'd be here all day. But that's the problem with sin. Sin complicates things so much to the point where we need things to be simplified tremendously. That God forgives sin by the blood of Christ. And now that we have been forgiven by the blood of Christ, we go and we, by grace, sin no more. That's Again, as Lutherans, we hear that and we say, that's impossible. We're always going to sin this side of heaven. That's true. That's true. But our Lord tells us that we can go forward and by grace cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We can, by grace, knowing that we are children of God, do what is good and pleasing to our Father. We can, by God's grace and by His Spirit, go forward and suffer for the things that we say that Christ wants us to say. We can go forward and aim for the goal, aim for that perfect score, knowing that whenever we go off of it, whenever we miss that mark, God will forgive us, and we will live every single day trusting in him, remembering our, remembering, remembering our baptisms, remembering that Christ has died for us, remembering that he calls us to go and to live and to do according to his word, again, by his grace, to live as new creatures, to live as sons of God. And when we hear false prophets proclaiming things that say, don't worry about anything, live as if you'd like to live, and God will forgive everything, and keep sinning and sin all the more so that grace may abound all the more, we say, by no means with St. Paul. We abide in God's word, and we stay in God's word, because by that we know the fruit of false prophets. We know that that fruit is bad. We know that when something doesn't accord well with what we're hearing, that the Spirit is telling us, go back to the word, read the word, imbibe the word, eat, drink the word, so that you would know what God wants for your life so that you would know falsehoods when you hear them. Abide in God's word, and you will not be separated from his flock. For the more you are away from the word of God, the more you are away from hearing it, or speaking it, or reading it quietly, however it is you like to read the Bible, the more that we are away from that, the more we forget God's voice. And Jesus says, as our good shepherd I know my own, and my own know me. My sheep hear me, and they know my voice. Be in God's word. As sons of God, know what your Father wants for you. Know what your Father desires for you to do. 
Know that your Father loves you more and more through his word. And the more that you abide in him, the more, the more he will abide through you. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.